welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Last week, I explained that when Durgamata of London and I spoke for what was to be episode two of our chat about her interesting path to today, to have her tell us about her music silk painting, forest bathing, and her so well-received program, Seven Steps to Happiness. Well, if you've been following along, you know we talked so long it had to be two episodes. As soon as you're done here, I encourage you to go back and listen to Durgamata's other episodes. Her story is so interesting. Chock full of, mm, some might call it divine providence, some might know it just as the universe unfolding as it should. This episode today begins mid-conversation, where we've just left the topic of forest bathing, and Durgamata is about to tell us about her program, Seven Steps to Happiness. Stay tuned to the end and join us in an exercise to brainstorm the qualities and skills of a happy person. Okay, your turn. You had me do some homework. Um, The mic is all yours. What are we going to do? Okay, well, the idea is I have my program, which is the seven steps to happiness. Mm -hmm. And before we look at the the game that I want to play with you, the seven steps to happiness evolved because I wanted to find how to reduce stress. And the more things I learned about stress and the more things I learned about what makes us happy, how to raise consciousness, the more things I found it's actually about life and all the different aspects of life. And it's got to be quite comprehensive or it doesn't work because all the different bits of our life overlap and interact with each other. So the first step we look at is to do with who we are as as an individual. Um, It's like what makes us unique and what is the way that we can actually love ourselves and appreciate ourselves more. A lot of people who study happiness and and self-love agree when I say if you don't have a good sense of who you are and love for who you are it's really difficult to love anyone else or respect anyone else so it's kind of the foundation has to be me as an individual but then that's kind of looking at me as an individual of who I am in a broad way if you come to step two you're thinking who I am as a physical body and who I am as a mental being, as a mind. And we look at the things that help our physical body to be healthy because if we're not healthy, we're not going to be very happy. Happiness is rooted in not feeling ill. So we look at diet, we look at sleep, 
we look at exercise, but we also look at the kind of creative relaxation time, which is often overlooked, because our happiness is mind as well as body. You can't separate the two. And if we can take time off to actually allow ourselves to reflect, to maybe um, go for a walk, that's not just about exercise. It's about, you know, being alive and looking around and daydreaming. That, to me, is, is as important as actually what we're dieting and what we're at you know, the, the exercise we're taking. And then when you look at the mind, we come right into mindfulness. And mindfulness is being aware, being conscious of our thoughts. And I've started now, I've got my program online to do a week of preparation before we start on step one so that people know, know that my first, um, I've got four key things that start with the letter A, the first of them is awareness. The second of them is appreciation, which overlaps into gratitude. Uh, the third one is aspiration. We may be aware of where we are and what the situation is, but if we have no aspiration to go somewhere, we're not going to change it. So it's looking at what our goals are and that kind of thing. And the find one is acceptance and Acceptance really comes from my own experience of my spiritual teachers saying, I came into the world to bring peace, not to cause stress, and me fighting with him because I didn't think I did cause stress. And if we're not aware of what's real, it's very difficult to have a firm foundation to move on from. One of the problems is we, we may think we're somewhere we're not. And another problem is we may think that the cause of our stress is something it's not. So it's really not something that happens overnight that I can say, okay, I ticked off all those four boxes. These are four areas of our life that we keep having to reflect back on and think, well, how am I going? Am I accurate in this? If you're not accepting and aware of where you are, you are not going to take the right steps forward to where you want to go. For example, I don't like to mention too much family business, but if my husband thinks I'm the problem, he's not going to put it right. And if I think I'm always right, I'm not going to do anything about my own shortcomings. So every marriage. Out there. Well, I think every relationship of every sort has, but it literally is something to stop and take care of. Um, there was an interesting example recently, my friend Beverly, who just phoned, We, while I'm in Birmingham here, um, we're trying to get together once a week and have a picnic, since the lockdown is relaxing a bit. And I was in the car with her and I said, can you imagine, Amrita said, my daughter said that her life is bad. I said, you can imagine how cross I was. I told her, right, get your gratitude book out and start writing in it, you ungrateful urchin. And my friend said, are you being fair? Don't you think you should listen to her first? If we don't listen to each other and give space for our pain, we can't move on from it. She was totally right. So I WhatsApped my daughter very quickly to say, look, I'm really sorry. 
can we get on the phone and you can tell me what's going on? Because you can't do it on WhatsApp. It's not good enough. It's not engaged enough. And even phone is difficult. I just want to jump on a blooming plane. <laughs> just like... So, yeah, the acceptance is important. So we start off with the identity and who am I, um, self-love. Then we go on to the mind and the body. We do a lot of work with observing our mind, listening to things, taking ourselves into the present moment, um, videos by Eckhart Tolle and people like that. And then we go into step three, which is what world do I live in? And that's where you get relationships coming in, clutter, uh, Marie Kondo. What's the situation for your physical security? Do you have your own house or have you got problems with possibly difficult landlord or homelessness or problems with neighbors? A lot of stress comes just from those two things, from, from relationships with other people, whether it's at home or at work or neighbors or your own security, your own home, um, maybe damp or you've got cockroaches or other things can upset you and cause stress inside your home. And then you get society around you and you get the big things like racism, sexism and, you know, the kind of major issues that are kind of, we call it institutional race, racism in Britain. I don't know if you have the same concept here. It's kind of in the air you breathe. You can't point to someone and say you're not racist or I'm not racist because we all have to look at ourselves and we're going to find some worms somewhere. To have that quality of actually embracing and loving and accepting everybody is rare. And even when I was teaching, there were some students that I found difficult to love, whether it was past history in a past life when they were my total enemy I I don't know what because there's no way of putting your finger on it sometimes you just don't like someone and I think we just have to be very honest and very careful and be aware that sexism is in society racism is in society and some of these other issues like gender different things like that people have got emotional reactions to them which they need to to face up to I know my, my, when my son was young, I went to a play school and became very good friends with another mother there. And we used to babysit for each other and go jogging together and all sorts of things. And uh, one day she, I was playing with the kids and she came in with the tea from her kitchen and said, huh, there's things about me you'd never guess. And I said, what's the matter, are you a lesbian or something? And she said, yes. And I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked how it affected me emotionally. I couldn't walk close to her anymore. And I said, it's not your fault. It's me. It, it's somehow threatening to know one of my best friends is lesbian. And I don't know if she's got any friends that are closer than me. That are, you know. And both of her relationships have broken up. She'd been married twice and... She wanted to be normal. She wanted to fit in. She'd hurt her kids, but she wasn't in her own skin. And we ended up breaking up because I could not handle it. And in theory, I've got every sympathy. I've got no problem with gay men, uh, but I find lesbians threatening somehow. It's really, really strange, and it's on such a deep level. So, you know, we do have our, our skeletons in the cupboard when it comes to relationships, and we need at least to be aware of them. You know, you can't put things right until you know it's there. 
So that is, that's an interesting one. So we go on from step three, which is about the world around us. It expands from our society and things like racism and sexism to worldwide and human rights and war. And there are 80 million refugees in our world and growing. And there are famines going on and people dying at this moment of hunger. And there are bombs being dropped. And we're part of it because our world is a reflection of who we are. And in a way, this is why I'm so passionate, because if we don't raise our consciousness, the world will carry on how it is. And if we do raise our consciousness, consciousness rubs off like your mood. If you're around people who've got good consciousness, you lift them. And if you're not, and your consciousness is low, you're just adding to all the mess, adding to all the problem. So for me, as soon as I catch myself not being happy, not feeling on top of things, I say, ah, what's going on? We have to deal with this. And even if it means taking a day out and just spending a whole day reading my spiritual teacher's poems, praying, meditating, singing, I've got to get my consciousness back. Normally, I can do it quite quickly, just even reflecting on it and seeing what's the problem. Could be that I've said something that's upset somebody. It could be just somebody's in a bad mood and it's rubbing off on me. I need to get free of it and, and have some peace and find a bit of forest and walk around under the trees. But it's my job. It's my responsibility to keep my consciousness pure, strong and positive. So nobody else can do it. So the, the, the fourth step that we go into is looking at our history and trauma, looking back at our whole life and the things that have been, been painful and difficult. Because when you're busy and life's going on, you tend to just push them away. You can't handle them at that particular time because you're busy. And I could realize as I was starting to get more into working with happiness and reducing stress, that I have a habit of having a kind of wall around me, W-A-L-L. And I'm working outside of that wall. I'm looking after the family. I'm looking after my teaching, my kids in school. Whatever needs to be done outside that wall is neat and professional most of the time. Anything that crops up that I'm not happy about, I pull my side of the wall. And it needs dealing with. And I haven't. And there are all kinds of issues there. So in our step four, we take our, we've got a, a little diagram that we use in step one and on the online um, seven steps to happiness, which is a circle at the bottom, which is about when we were little, and a circle at the top right, which is now. And we think about things we can share that we're happy when we were little, things we can share we're happy about now. And then we draw a line between them and we think about happy events that happened along that timeline. But in step four, we look at things that weren't good when we were little, things that aren't good now, and some of the serious things that have happened to us that haven't been good along the way. And we kind of sit with each other 
and talk to each other and listen to each other. And I've not perfected it yet for Zoom because I don't know how. Because I've had people fall out of their chair and sob on the floor with their hands over their heads. And I don't know how to do that and support people on Zoom. I may just have to water it down. But one way or another, we need to recognize and acknowledge that nobody comes through life unscathed. And I think the studies that they've done, there's a, a scheme um, which uh, education is using now. I think it's called ACE, where they have uh, a whole range of different sources of trauma that can affect kids when they're growing up. And something like 60 or 70 percent of adults have had at least one of them. And these are serious things. These are these are major things. Um, it might be divorce. It might be abuse. It might be alcoholic parents or you know, different things like this, situations which are really, you know, serious neglect and things like that. If you've had four of them, you're likely to statistically find it's harder to have relationships. You're more likely to be abusing drugs in some way. There's a whole list of things that are likely to be going wrong in your life if you've had four or more traumatic events when you were little because they affect your brain and the way that the brain develops. If you've had six or more, you have a 20 year less life expectancy. It's massive. So anyway, we look at those in step four. Um, we look at trauma, we look at loss, we look at grief, and we look at forgiveness. And we do a lot of work on forgiveness. And the way that I talk about forgiveness is it's not for anyone else, it's for you. If we don't forgive situations that have hurt us, we hold on to that. We are festering the wound. We're not letting the wound heal. And sometimes just being able to be with people who are supportive and talk about our problem or our issue can help us move forward. It's very interesting. There's um, one exercise I've seen done on television program I think it's something that Disney did, which was bringing a class together after 20 or 30 years to put on a musical that they did when they were at school. Oh, I've seen that. Wonderful. Yes. I really love it. But there's a stage in the development of that. It's only over a week when they get people to sit on a chair next to an empty chair and imagine who they were when they were at school and just talk to them and listen to them. And very, very often you've had people in tears. And we need to do that with each and, each and every situation we've been in that's been painful and, and difficult. And if we've got a therapist and we can talk to them and get the support of somebody professional, even better, because some of these things we will need help over. So the, the forgiveness is something that we can return to and the talking to ourselves, go, going back in time, finding our little self, sitting down with her, putting an arm around her, telling her she's great, telling her everything will be all right, and listening and experiencing what's happened again and letting it go and not just having it pulled in behind the wall and shut up in a box because I think a lot of illness comes from the energy which is is not cleared. If If everything's energy, at the end of the day, even atoms are energy, I kind of think of these events as something that's that's tied our energy up into a knot. 
And if we can go back there and sit with it and talk to it and review it in a supportive situation, perhaps we can untie the knot and let that energy flow again. Uh, so that's what we do in step four. And then step five is right. How are we going to go forward now? And we start with creativity. Because in my own experience, we've had the forest bathing in week three, but in week five, we do silk painting. And I also say, get people to talk about what creative activity do they love? It might be cooking. It might be any kind of artwork or painting. It might be um, gardening. There are just like so many different things that people find. Oh, yeah, well, I've always liked this or I've always liked that. Um, my current cohort, I've got a wonderful foster, foster mum who loves, she's an equestrian and she loves to be on a horse. So my medicine for her is you've got to get on a horse at least once a week. And you're in trouble if you don't. And I, I asked her the first week this time, she's on the on the program for the second time. And I said, did you go riding? And she said, yes. She said, I got Durgamata sitting on my shoulder. I nearly didn't, but I... <laughs> so I, yay, victory. So, um, yeah, people have to find what helps them to feel happy. Where do they feel happy? What are they doing that makes them feel happy? And it's usually creativity. And because my professional hat is religious education, if you look at the Holy Bible, the first book, and it is a song or a story of creation. It is not a historical or scientific account. It's from the genre of oral tradition, which is all poetry, story and vision. So there's no conflict between science and religion. That comes from people's misunderstanding of the genre of the writing. But in that poem, it tells us a lot of things that science can't tell us. And one of them is we are created in the image of God. In other words, what created us and the universe, we also have characteristics of that in us. And I come down to love and oneness, that there's one creator who created all of us, and we're all part of that, and we're part of each other. And so it's elementally essential if we want to be balanced and happy human beings to love each other. And another is creativity. The great creator created the whole universe and he's given us the capacity to create as well. And when we do create, we get into that zone of being in the moment, which Eckhart Tolle is so famous for. The only thing that exists is the now. And when you're in that moment and in that zone, there is no stress. And it's so important to refresh ourselves and to give time for that, to actually be able to play like kids play without any required product at the end of it just to to be silly and just to have fun um, I think it's probably where a lot of stress is released in some of these all-night dancing sessions that some of the youngsters go in for but whatever it is we need to have it in our lives and I think that dancing is good a lot of music is good anything that you can sing People who sing, again, research I've done, show that if you're in a choir or you sing regularly, you live an, on average 10 years longer than the average. 10 years just by singing. Does it count when we just sing in the car by ourselves? Yes, yes. I think there's two <laughs> things. One is that it connects with the happy bit of our brain and releases lots of 
oxytocins and dopamines and things like that, which make us feel good. But the other is that it's breathing much deeper than we usually do. And breath work is really important. In fact, before we start on the seven steps, we, we learn the exercises of conscious breathing and gratitude diary keeping, and they go all the way through it. So step number five is the creativity. Step number six is I call light. We are a tribal species. We're not designed to be on our own, like the snow leopard or something. And we need to be around people who light us up. So who is a light for you? Who inspires you? Who brings joy to your life? Do you seek out the opportunity to be around people who light you up? Do you look for ways of possibly getting a little bit distant and protected from people who pull you down? And who looks to you for light? And can you be a better light? How can you be a stronger light? If you're a parent or if you're a teacher, it's obvious there's going to be people who are looking to you for light and strength. And we can always do it better. Whatever my spiritual teacher says, we can always improve. So, you know, this is what we're looking at in step six. And in step six, we gather together some of our favorite quotations or poems to use in step seven, which is sound into silence. So we start with some reading and sharing of, of favorite words, and then we listen to, to music, and then we get into singing. And we just had step seven last week, and everybody had to choose a song, share the words, and we were supposed to be singing them together on the Zoom, which was interesting because I was supposed to be playing the YouTube, which people could sing along to, and I couldn't get it to play properly. <laughs> <laughs> so we only got that far so this friday we're having another um, i'm calling it a party when we'll move from the singing into mantra where you're using something with spiritual power and repeating it with power and regularity which is good for the breathing as well and then into silence which is touching the very fringes of meditation but when we do it at home i can tell you it's powerful by the time we've had spent that intense two days together and then we get into the silence after the singing and the mantra and the music and it is so powerful and when it comes to raising consciousness if you can be silent without your mind bothering you you just lift your consciousness just lifts my teacher says that when when you meditate god speaks when you pray, you're, you're asking God for what you want. You're talking to God. And it's you saying, I need this. And of course, there's a connection. If you pray regularly, you're going to find a very, very strong connection. But when you meditate, you're simply saying, I'm here. I'm yours. You can see what I need. I don't need to ask for anything. I'm just open. And that, for me, is the most powerful part of my my balancing of my mind body emotion and spirit and it takes us to the end of the seven steps to happiness however <laughs> to what the game i want to play with you i want to find a way to bring all the things that are powerful and important in making yourself happy and raising your consciousness into the mnemonic happiness 
I started up out with HPP NSS because it's heart power and humor, positive social encounters and people, physical body and kind of fitness and things like that, nature, soulful creativity, that was a bit of a cheeky, cheeky one, and um, spiritual nourishment. But then there are things that aren't in there. So I thought, well, if I make it the happiness, I've got the appreciation, which brings in the gratitude. And I've got the I, which is like imagination, which ties in with aspiration and creativity. And I just got really excited by it. So my idea is, if we brainstorm all the different things that we ought to have in a program to do with reducing stress and increasing happiness, how can we hang them onto the, the, the letters of happiness? Okay. And I've got um, various notes that I've made over the last few weeks where I'm playing with this. Hope, we've got humor, we've got habit stacking, heart power, and human beings being one family. Can you add to it for H? Oh, for H. Oh, just A. You see, I made a list. Yeah, make, and... make your list. I mean, bring, I've not done this exercise before, so let's just see. What are the things you've got and how can I, how can we? Okay, so you asked for qualities and skills. Yes. So, so qualities, I have mindfulness. Right. Gratitude. Tolerance. Perseverance. Friendliness. Curiosity. That's the short list. <laughs> Mindfulness, tolerance, perseverance, and curiosity, and curiosity. Mindfulness, gratitude, tolerance, perseverance, friendliness, curiosity. Those are the qualities. Friendliness. That Is that six? Two, four, yes. Yeah, great. Fantastic. And those are the qualities. What about the other ones? The skills. Yeah. Communication. Yeah. I can explain this, but maybe it's self-explanatory given this time of 15 months of COVID. Some social media. Right. So that would be sort of person dependent. Mm -hmm. Some time management skills. Very good. A hobby, which is your creati creativity. Yeah. Uh, ability to find children. To... to to find children. So, for example, I well, first of all, I have my grandchildren in my life, but I have a park nearby. And just the, the joy that they have in the sand pit or on the swing or something like that. First of all, it takes you outside yourself, but also it's a joy that, as we, you've just talked about, reflects back to you. Mm -hmm. And the ability to cook at least one awesome food thing. I love it. Because I find eating with people is like friends is just. Yeah. And and the ability to feed someone else something yeah. lovely is. So uh, six skills there too. That is fantastic. That's so, because when you talk to different people, you just get different perspectives and it's so important. You know, you don't have all the answers for yourself. My son and I had fun because I I got to, um, I had to go up to London for collecting my post and I was doing a coaching job up in London. So 
um, my son drove me up there and we brainstormed all the way qualities because I was working on this and we got determination, dedication, courage, compassion, forgiveness, endurance, resilience, strength, happiness, solidarity, oneness, laughter, empathy, beauty, awareness, self-observation. goes on for pages. And then I looked up the 99 beautiful names of Allah, which are, you know, all, even there, there are wonderful, wonderful, um, the boundless, the all-wise, the glorious, the honorable, the, the, the witnesser, the, trust, the trustworthy, the firm, the protector, the counter, the originator, initiator, and so on. It's like there's just so many beautiful qualities. And I want to build it into some sort of game because when I did it first on Zoom, I asked people, if this came into step one, what are the qualities, your qualities that you're most proud of? What are the things that the qualities in your life that, that you you can celebrate? And some of the people couldn't think of one because we don't reflect very much on ourselves. And I thought, well, if we played a game where we brainstorm masses and masses of different inspiring and interesting qualities, it'll help people then to reflect on who they are. Uh, well, surely, too, if, you know, you were talking about the traumas of childhood yeah. and, you know, how if you have four or if you have six, but if you can present a list of a hundred or whatever qualities of a happy person, mm. you know, how many qualities do I need to claim for my, to, to admit to, to say yes, identify with, I guess is the right word, before I can say or somebody could say, you know, I am a happy person. Or if the number is that small, gee, can you really be a happy person? Yeah, yeah, I think. And then and which, which traits, too, would be easier for me to find or bring into my life or to enact in my life? Yeah, develop and strengthen. Right. Yeah, I think it's a really useful process because we don't very often stop and reflect on the great qualities and the and the the virtues, if you like, I think at one time society in society when it was more theistic, when people were more serious about going to church regularly or whatever religion they followed, it probably was something we thought of more seriously. But now it's like anything goes. Even truth's gone out the window like in recent years, you know. So I think it's important to bring us back to um, an awareness of where are our values and. How are we living up to them or not living up to them? And how can we, you know, strengthen things? So, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good note. It's a good, a good area to, to consider. It's important. Mm -hmm. So how often do you run your seven steps of happiness? Um, I've done it three times so far. I did it in August and October, and I wanted to do it in January, but I was working with a coach who asked me to choose a niche and I chose education and teachers because I thought they're stressed and they need it, but I didn't get any traction. And when I did manage to, to connect with schools and, and head teachers and teachers in general, they were basically saying, we don't have money for this. The schools are very, very short of money 
and the teachers are so short of money that they're actually buying things from their own pocket to take to their schools. So, yes, they need it. The other thing is that the stress levels are so high that the head teacher I spoke to recently said, even if I wanted to, I wouldn't risk shaking up the situation or bringing anything in new at the moment because people have been so stressed over their lockdown and working from home. Now we're trying to get back into school. It's just a matter of let's get back into school smoothly and support each other and not have anything new happening. So January didn't happen. And then I put together one for April, which was basically a friend said, my mum needs this sort of thing. She's on her own. She's um, suffering from bereavement and she's lonely and she's depressed. And my mum needs this. Can you do it for over 50s? So I advertised it for over 50 women, knowing that domestic violence has gone up. And I know that women aren't the only people who suffer from domestic violence, but women who may be suffering from or recovering from domestic violence need to feel safe. So I thought, make it just for women. And then a friend who was on it last summer wanted to come on it again, and she's in her 40s. So I said, okay, women over 40. And we've just literally last week concluded, and we're having the party this Friday, the April cohort. I wanted to start one in June, but I don't know who to market to. I'm just literally praying about it. And one thing I thought of is people on the margin of society, people like maybe um, ethnic minorities or people from uh, minority gender groups or people in a mixed marriage like myself. But I don't know how to find them or reach out to them. And I don't know if there is a group like that which would be coherent and would be market toable. So at the moment, I want to start it. I'm planning to start one at least by, by 1st of, Jan of July. Every time you do an iteration, you, you improve it. You know, mm -hmm. I've got the first time I did it, each day there's daily content. And my daily content is relevant YouTube videos, mostly TEDx's or interviews. And the first time I did it, we had one each day. But the time I've just done it, we had at least three each day to choose from because people have got different things they're interested in and different things they're struggling with. So, you know, there's no compulsion to even watch one every day, but you should watch at least one a week so that while you're on that particular area of your life, you've got something to talk about when we come on the Zoom at the, week, um, at the weekend and I put people into groups and say, you know, share what you've done, what, what's been exciting or interesting to you. And I need them to have a choice there. For things that are really crucial, I tend to bring a little clip of it into the Zoom itself. So we have a 90-minute Zoom, which is fairly interactive and instructional as well. And what I'm aiming to do for the next one is, you know, when you're on a flight and you want to watch a film, and you go through all the A to Z and it shows all the films that are available. And each one has a little picture and a little about. I want to do a picture and an about each one of the videos I'm using. And that is quite a lot of work. 
So I will be doing that once I actually decide who I'm going to market to. Well, I wonder too if, you know, once again, I mean, COVID is just such a major part of our lives. And I wonder if so many people um, and teachers are a prime example. You know, they, they've put so much energy into maintaining their their job or their interaction that to say, okay, now I want you to own up to that stress. It just rocks the boat enough that they say, my my response is going to be fairly extreme and I can't deal with that right now. So even, you know, it looks like September, for example, most of the, I guess the power, the developed nations of the world will be well vaccinated. Stress levels will be coming down. And would they say, now, now that things are sort of whatever normal is, I might be able to look or I can now look at healing myself from that, that yeah, issue. Yeah. I've just put a thing in, into chat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a picture which I've just, a poster which I've just created because I was talking to somebody about the fact I've got a book as a lead magnet on my website and I don't want a book there. I want something simpler. And he suggested thinking of something that keeps people awake at night and offering a simple solution. And I thought, well, when you're stressed, you can't sleep. So I'm looking to do the lead magnet on how to uh, 10 tips to help you sleep. And I'm thinking of doing a five day pre program on how to sleep better which would upsell into my program. And then I'm looking for people who can't sleep, who are suffering from stress, but it's not gender specific. It's not age specific. And I think that if I can make it work, I would be happier with rather than running in circles like a dog running after its own tail, trying to work out what what niche to follow, because I, the obvious one is my own profession. And it didn't work out. It might in the future, like you say, when people have had time to actually lick their wounds a bit and realize they do need something. But for now, I think if I can work on maybe in about two or three weeks getting together a five-day free program on sleep and finding the right way to market it on social media, I've also joined Clubhouse Oh, Clubhouse, yes. I want to see if I can learn how to use Clubhouse, and (laughs) I have five invites. There you are. I I should check mine. I just got on Clubhouse as well. I've only been on it once because somebody told me that they were doing one and would I come on it. But I think if I can actually get uh, a crowd of people coming on the five-day free event to do with sleep, which is a massive problem in stress, um, and they like it, they might sign up to the seven steps. Right. And it, it just, I mean, with any aspect of business, it's trial and error, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, and for, you know, any of our listeners, um, your website is 
dergamataoflondon.com. That's that? right. And it is not the greatest website. I've got lots of people telling me how I should do it better, but at least it's better than nothing at the moment. And the well, main, and I presume there's a contact link. The main on thing I'm too. focusing on is I'm going to have my calendar schedule service set up on every page and anything I'm doing, I can talk about it much better than I can put it online or in any other platform. I've been a teacher for 30 years and I've got the gift of the gab, but not the gift of the logics. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just thinking, though, for anybody that's listening, they can go to your website, uh, make contact. If I mean, the yes. seven steps just sounds incredibly valuable. It's and the powerful. fact that you're actually giving away a, a sleep, um, stress management for sleep. Um, yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah. It's it's just literally trying things and seeing what works. And once I get back to London, I can't do the two-day workshops from home anymore because my mum passed away and I've got half her furniture in my house so I can hardly move. <laughs> I don't even have a studio anymore. It's all full of furniture. But um, eventually I will be able to. And if I can find people who want to, we could actually have a venue um, we could, I could even charge properly and, and we could do it as a retreat. So we could just go away for two days and, you know. Well, I read somewhere about Porto Santo. Oh, Porto Santo is coming up. That That's going to be uh, at least five days or seven days. Yeah. And it'll have to wait until COVID's, you know, really calmed down to be able to take people out. Um, and with climate change, I'm not even comfortable about flying anymore. Um, you know, we've got to look after the atmosphere as a priority but we'll cross that bridge when we see what happens you know there are quite a few good venues in britain which um you know which i could start with but definitely things are moving they're not going to slow down <laughs> that's I'm, amazing i'm working on my 30 page uh ebook at the moment which is beginning to come together and through god's grace i got a developmental editor oh. I happened to share a Zoom group with, I mean, a breakout group with on a Zoom. Talk about God's grace. <laughs> so um, that's that's keeping me very busy at the moment. Uh, yeah, but it's, it is exciting. Okay. Do you know we're coming up to the hour and a half mark? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I may end up uh, phasing out and coming in and, and letting people listen to two segments. Um, well, what I would do is cut out quite a lot of bits because we have waffled a bit. Well, yeah, but we'll see. I'll see what I do and I'll let you know before, yeah, uh, before yeah. we look. Yeah, do let so, me before we close, I'll remind listeners that this coming Monday is the last Monday of the month, which means Manly Monday. Um, I guess this month is my friend Bob Levin, who's been a computer geek for as long as computers have been remotely mainstream. Uh, he's going to talk about online security, passwords, etc., and also cloud storage, uh, now that most of our photos are digital and plugging up our computer storage, our in-computer storage. If you have any thoughts about today's show, leave them where you listen to podcasts, or you can go to twoboomerwomen.com forward slash join dash the dash conversation to get hold of Dergamata. Again, it's dergamataoflondon.com, and the link will be in the show notes. 
Thank you so much for coming on for this second episode, um, for sharing the seven steps. And um, conversation with you is just so interesting. I really enjoy it. So thank you. Thank you. It's mutual. I've really enjoyed talking to you, Agnes. <laughs> Have a good rest of week. Wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you.